Let us pray. God, for the gift of these ancient words of scripture that have been recorded for us, we give you thanks. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds today so that we may hear whatever word you have in store for us. Amen. Let anyone with ears listen. Don't you love a good story? One that hooks you in from the beginning and doesn't let go until the very end? Or better yet, one that doesn't even let go at the end? The kind of story that stays with you long after you've heard it. A good story for me uh, requires compelling characters, some depth and some surprise throughout. A good story will evoke a range of emotions and engage my brain in new ways. Many people think it would be fun to be a movie critic and do that for a living, spending all of their time oh, going from movie to movie and getting paid to do so. I've actually heard a movie critic say it's not quite as glamorous as you think it might be. He has said there are some pretty terrible movies that he's had to sit all the way through in order to review them. It can be pretty painful to watch a movie or a TV show where you can predict exactly what's gonna happen. The characters are just one dimensional and the storyline is flat. Jesus knows how to tell a good story. He takes simple life objects, experiences, and people, and draws his listeners into the familiar. But then he adds elements of surprise to keep their attention. We commonly refer to these stories as the parables of Jesus. They're interesting, confusing, and downright strange. 2,000 years later, and we are still trying to figure out the parables. New Testament and Jewish scholar, Dr. Amy Jill Levine, is a professor at Vanderbilt Divinity School. She's one of my favorite New Testament scholars, and she's a practicing Jew. She always brings forth the Jewishness of Jesus in her teaching. Her personal experience as a Jew, along with her academic knowledge, shows a beautifully brilliant Jesus. And it helps me to think deeper about his ministry and its effectiveness. Let anyone with ears listen. This phrase has stuck with me for two weeks now. We heard it last week when Pastor Bob preached on the parable of the sower, this parable where Jesus ends the story of these seeds being thrown on the different types of soil with, let anyone with ears listen. We hear it again today at the end of the explanation of the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And tucked in the middle of both of these things, we find Jesus quoting Isaiah and talking more about listening. Listening is clearly an important message from Jesus. In fact, scholars believe that Jesus' use of the phrase, let anyone with ears listen, conveys that one must listen deeply, for there is meaning beyond the surface of the story. In other words, open your ears, 
Open your hearts and open your entire soul to hearing what Jesus has to say. Let's be real. As a society, we are not great listeners. Just look at social media or our political officials or the news. The rhetoric and who gets to be the loudest is exhausting. I've even heard other pastors describe their job as being a professional speaker. And while this is true, we do speak for a living, I prefer to describe my job as being a professional listener. If I'm not listening to my community, I will have nothing to say. I won't know where you're hurting, what you need or where you're yearning to grow in life. And so I like to describe myself as a professional listener who happens to do public speaking. In her book, Short Stories by Jesus, Levine critiques the way that we read Jesus's parable. She believes that many are not listening deep enough. She contends that listening in a way that will shake us up is not just challenging, but it is an art form. She believes we've tamed the parables over the years and describes it this way. Down through the centuries, the parables have been allegorized, moralized, Christologized, and otherwise tamed into either platitudes such as God loves us or be nice or even worse yet, assurances that all is right with the world as long as you believe in Jesus. Too often we settle for easy interpretations. I have a confession to make to you. As your pastor who loves you and wants you to feel good about all things Jesus, I have had a really strong urge to tame this parable and to settle for an easy interpretation. This parable is anything but easy. And the interpretation at the end of it sure doesn't leave us feeling good. This past week, Kristen Frederick, our director of children's ministry, and I spent some time really wrestling with this parable and wondering what was the best way to share it with the children? Talk about tough and compelling and interesting and surprising. This parable is oh so Jesus. Let anyone with ears listen. So here we find ourselves today once again with the crowds. We are still listening to Jesus as he is telling these bizarre stories about the kingdom of heaven. He continues along with the theme of agriculture that he started last week. And in today's story, a man, presumably a wealthy man because he has a slave, goes out into his field and plants good seed. Not bad seed, not mediocre seed, but good seed. Let's stop right here. Already Jesus has confused and confounded his listeners. Why wouldn't this wealthy man who has a slave send his slave out to plant the seed? Why did he plant it himself? 
Let's continue. Then when everyone is asleep, an enemy comes and sows weeds among the wheat so that when the wheat eventually grows, the weeds are woven throughout the field. The slave notices the weeds some weeks later and asks the landowner, didn't you just sow good seed? The landowner immediately knows it came from an enemy. Stop number two. How did the landowner know that an enemy came in the middle of the night if all were asleep? And why did he wait until the slave noticed the weeds growing to say anything? And why would an enemy choose just such a, a method to harm the landowner? Let's continue. The slave asked the landowner, so do you want us to remove the weeds? And the landowner replies, Nope, let the weeds grow with the wheat. Otherwise, the weeds will uproot the wheat as you are pulling them. We'll just go ahead and we'll burn the weeds at the time that we harvest the wheat. Stop number three. It was perfectly reasonable and customary to pull weeds in order to protect the intended plant. Weeds, of course, steal resources and and also have the potential to choke out the intended plants. And scholars go on to say that this particular weed that is described in the parable was not one that would have had a root system that would have been entangled with the wheat roots. So why would the landowner order the weeds to stay until harvest time? Let anyone with ears listen. Are you as surprised and confused as I am? The beauty and the mastery of Jesus's rhetoric is astounding. He draws us into the story with so many questions. There's no way we could easily accept this story at face value. It's too strange. This story is an invitation from Jesus to enter into considering life differently to consider the kingdom of heaven differently. So what is Jesus saying? Is it that we need to accept the reality of evil in the world and not do anything about it? Is he saying we need to accept the reality of evil within ourselves and not do anything about it because God will take care of it? This surely can't be. We know we're to leave the judging to God, but that doesn't mean we aren't supposed to work for justice in this world. To allow injustices that we are aware of to go unaddressed goes against everything that we know to be true about Jesus. He was sent here to show us how to love one another so that evil cannot flourish. He was sent here to set us free from the evil and the ailments of the world and of ourselves. So what is it? It's hard to look under the surface, isn't it? It means doing some deep digging within and allowing ourselves to be changed by what we learn. It can be a painful process. Friends, the last thing I wanted to talk about in this sermon was the pandemic. I'm tired of it, and we're only four months in. 
I believe most of us have probably come to the place where we've accepted that this pandemic is going on much longer than we ever thought it would. This pandemic is consuming us right now. And what has come to light over the past four months has been earth shattering for some. And for others, it's left them saying, but we've been telling you this all along. It would be so much easier to just look at the surface of the pandemic. So what if Jesus is illustrating to the disciples that present in every system is good and evil? What if Jesus is being hyperbolic in his story because the reality is that at times it's hard to distinguish between good and evil? This pandemic has peeled back the places that we would rather have hidden away, tucked not too far under the rug and just out of sight, We've hidden things like injustices in our school systems, injustices in our healthcare systems, injustices in our public safety systems. And as the rug has been lifted, many of us have begun to see these injustices more clearly. While momentum is uh, stirring to create more just systems, we recognize that these systems are not completely bad. And they're not completely good. They have both present within them. Perhaps Jesus doesn't say, just pull the weeds, because when the weeds are pulled, it is easy to set them aside, to throw them away, to forget about them. And when we forget about the weedy parts of life, we can very easily make the same mistakes over and over and over again. By leaving the weeds, we can examine them, learn from them, dig deep within ourselves, discover our motivations, our hurts, and our desires. And the more we learn about ourselves, the freer we become. As we take a look at those places in our hearts and we find things like anger, bitterness, resentment, we can learn to let those things slip away without forgetting about them. For it is in the learning from these experiences that we experience true transformation. Transformation means opening up our hearts to the world, to God, to ourselves. So are we willing to let pieces fall away so that the soft, beautiful center of our hearts can be exposed. And we might just feel the world the way God feels the world. Will you have the courage to do this? Will you be brave enough to listen to Jesus? It is my hope and my prayer for you, for me, and for all of us. And while it may seem scary, you don't need to worry. Jesus is right there with you, guiding you, loving you, and whispering you into deeper relationship. I suspect that you're likely going to discover some new weeds along the way. 
and it's okay. Don't fret. Jesus will help you examine them, to learn from them, and show you how your heart can be transformed by them. May we all have ears to listen to Jesus. Amen. And so friends, I leave you with these familiar words of benediction and grace. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace, friends. Amen.